Each day, life is happening. New ideas happen, new creation happens. And the more we hold on to the whiteboard of ideas that haven't been acted on, the books that haven't been read, the old course notes, we are clogging up space. And we're basically saying, I don't trust that what's wanting to come through is more powerful, more exciting, more wonderful than the old stuff that I had. So radical step, great thing to do before a new year is to actually do the scary thing and, and throw out the old ideas that you don't need anymore. Hello and welcome to the Mind to Lead podcast. I'm Georgie Hubbard and I am on a mission to help you live a level 10 life. If you want to live an extraordinary life, a life full of passion and energy, of joy and abundance, then this is the podcast that teaches you how to do just that. Through my conversations with some extraordinary leaders and my own life experiences, I come to you weekly with all of the teachings and steps you need to take your life to the next level. So if you are ready to develop the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast and today very excited as I'm sat down with Ashley Good. Absolutely amazing last name, by the way. Uh, Ashley is the founder of the 90 Day Achievement Detox, and she helps awaken business owners, executive and entrepreneurs. Ashley was recently featured in Business Insider as the top 20 mindful leader, leading us into a better 2021. Ashley, amazing to have you here today. Thank you, Georgie. It's amazing to be here and amazing to be featured alongside you as one of those top 20 mindful thought leaders. Yeah, it was such an honor. Hey, well, look, you obviously don't get to be featured in Business Insider as one of the top 20 if you haven't had an amazing journey and you don't have wisdom to share with the world. So I would love to know a bit more about who is Ashley and a little bit about your journey to where you are now. Okay. Okay. This is so exciting. All right. So you can feel free to cut me off, but I would, I would, I would love to start at the very beginning. Yeah, please do. Because I've listened to some of your podcasts and I feel like there's a similarity in that like a lot of your guests and I imagine like a lot of your listeners, I was brought up in an environment that created a belief that said, if I do more then I am more and then I will be more worthy of being loved. So my personal story was that my parents got a divorce when I was three and that just created a, a big void and I craved my dad's love more than anything in the world. I'd see him every other weekend, that typical thing, craved his love and in order to get his love, what I saw is that I needed to be a good student and be good at sports. And the more I won and the more accolades I got, the more I could come to him with something like a, you know, like a cat with a mouse. And he'd say, good job. And that became my driving, my driving force was this high achiever thing where I could get love. But at the same time, my older half-sister was very responsible in raising me, and she had a mantra that was, fuck them if they can't take a joke. 
And I'm, I am, I apologize for the language, but that was what she said from the age of four. It just became over and over and over again. I didn't know what it meant, but what I saw in her was she was this gorgeous, free-spirited, carefree, happy, loving, relaxed, gorgeous being. And what I saw is that she lived her life on her terms. Mm -hmm. So I became this, what seemed like a very defiant achiever. Right? So I would achieve, 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 but then I would do something that people would say, oh, that's rebellious or that's defiant. And at 19, my father died and that kind of turned my life upside down for, for many years. And it created a big hole of uh, searching because if I wasn't achieving for his love, then why was I achieving? But by that point it was embedded. It was who I was. And so I continued to achieve. I uh, graduated in the top 5% in the United States. And then I just decided I don't like any of this and I'm going to the Caribbean. I moved to the Caribbean. I sailed on boats for a couple of years. Then I went to Australia. I got a job in the film industry. And kind of fast forward 15 years later, I was in a weekend retreat with a mentor with three other people. And I thought I was going into that retreat with the idea of, I need my next business strategy. I'm going to come out of this weekend with, I'm taking my business to the next level and I'm going to get a strategy and an action plan and da, 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 da. And I had a breakdown during that weekend after about eight hours of meditation, I had a, a, a true like spiritual crisis and I realized two things. One was that I was really tired I was actually exhausted from all the achieving. And the other thing that I realized was that there was a part of me that was so desperately sad and that what I needed more than anything was permission from someone to do nothing. And the idea of it was so terrifying and repulsive and also so obviously reassuring that I left that weekend with the commitment to do what we called, or what I ended up calling the 90-day achievement detox. And what that meant was that for 90 days, I would live my life guided by three principles every day. Number one, I would do an hour of meditation every day. Number two, I would make all decisions from my body and not my mind. And number three, I would faithfully obey without question whatever my little inner voice told me to do. And that really started what became the journey to this very moment. Wow. <laughs> that is, and thank you so much for just being so honest. I just think that that's, it's just such a powerful story and you're so right. I think that so many people can sort of relate to that because I think that we live in this culture where we put so much focus on achievement and, you know, what, like all the things, the external things. And I love what you just said then about your dad, about how you identify that you craved his approval and his love, which, which led you on this path to constantly need to achieve. And, and, and yeah, I just, I love to sort of go deeper into that about how that sort of impacted you internally and how that sort of almost, be, then, then you had this enlightening moment when you went on this retreat and, 
and how that sort of shook you and how you sort of, I guess, started to turn things around. So let's go mm. back a bit. And when did you sort of identify that you were on this path and you were sort of like chasing the next achievement? Like when, when was that sort of eye-opening moment sort of, when, it, when did it really hit home? Mm, that's a really, really, really good question. Hmm. It hit home like a, if you're skipping a stone across a, a river or a lake, right? There were moments in my life that I look back now where I can see that I was getting a sign of there is another path that you're meant to be on that I would override. But when it really hit home was when I was in the film industry, it was when I was about to leave the film industry and I had made the decision to have a child as a single mother. So I don't, the relationship had already ended when I found out I was pregnant and I decided to have the baby and then I kept working in the film industry and there was a day that I dropped her off at daycare and I, I went to the office and I sat down in front of a conference call with all of these big wigs and we were talking about Hollywood A-list celebrities. And I thought of my daughter at daycare and wondered what I was missing. Like what little, what little moment was I going to miss that day? And it was, it was like a holy shit something's really got to change right at this moment because whatever it is that I'm craving that keeps me showing up at this very exciting, amazing job, whatever it is that I'm craving is also taking me away from something that is deeper and richer mm -hmm. and more fulfilling and is the answer to the question that I've been asking for a long time, which is around the idea of there's got to be more to life than all this achievement. And within, within a very short period of time at that realization, I quit my corporate job. I left my house in Sydney. I mean, it was like this. I moved. I went to the central coast in New South Wales into the middle of the bush. I really didn't think about it. And... <laughs> It's funny because now that I, when I did the 90 day achievement detox, I also realized that oftentimes when I'd gotten stuck in the over analysis around decision making, it was because my body wasn't a hell yes. And I was trying to justify a decision through the mind. And that was probably that that move from Sydney was 2010. So 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you you that so you went to Sydney and you, you you moved from Sydney had this realization that you're missing out on these key life moments so you had this corporate job you quit you just left the big city moved into the beautiful hinterlands to sort of re sort of connect yourself when did you then do the the sort of the three day uh, business event that ended up you c turning into this now ninety day um, detox was that like the next step or when did that sort of happen it was the next step in a way, but it took mm. me eight years to get there. Wow. <laughs> so I transitioned from being in the film industry to being a business consultant and a business coach. And that was a very organic, natural um, 
transition. And then I became a coach for Tony Robbins. And Tony Robbins is very much in that achievement, achievement, achievement. So then it became about peak performance coaching and coaching high achievers and, and coaching peak performers. And then I left Tony Robbins and went into my own business. And, th and then it was in 2018 where I was like, okay, right. Now I'm going to take my business to the next level. And this is what the next level looks like. And I'm going to get this strategy. And it was during that weekend in June of 2018 that I had the, the complete and total utter recognition of I actually don't ever need another strategy again. It's the strategies that I keep looking for that keep taking me further and further and further away from what my heart and spirit is truly longing for. Wow. So you've gone from coaching like these executives who are all about strategies and all about getting to the next level to now teaching them more, I guess, about balance and actually listening to their bodies and going within. So talk to, let's let's dive now into your current business because I, I when I read your your bio, like the 90 day um achievement detox I thought I, I literally sat there for a few moments and thought do you know what there's been times in my life when I've really needed that and I I can completely um sympathize with everything you just said that because I have always been somebody who's basically push continue to sort of push myself and thought in order to be successful I need to have this this and this and this and Thankfully, I woke up a few years ago when I had achieved a lot of them and felt no fulfillment. And I thought there's got to be more than life than just earning a payslip, starting a business and buying a, new, buying a house. So I'd love to sort of yeah. talk me through the 90 day achievement detox because I, I fully understand it and I could fully understand why it's so necessary. But there'll be people listening to this now and go, what do you mean I've got to detox from, from achievement for 90 days? What does that process look like? I'd, I'd love to dive into that. Yes. Okay, and again, great question, thank you. So now that it's been two years, and I have more understanding about quantum leaps and collapsing time, it actually doesn't take 90 days, but in my 90-day thing, I had to go through the whole, the whole chunky, greedy process to get the distinctions. And so for me, what that process would look like was, I'd be driving to my normal workout, let's say, that I did every day, my workout, I'm doing whatever I do, I'm doing my workout, and the inner voice would say, I don't want to work out today, I want to go paint. I'm not a painter. And because of that promise that I would faithfully obey the inner voice, I'd have days where I would do nothing but I'd finger paint. Or I'd just go to the beach on a Tuesday and I would pick up sea glass or suddenly it would be like middle of the week and the inner voice would say, I want an ice cream. Like, oh, so that would be one of the things that happened quite a bit. But then the other thing that was really challenging for the achiever part of me was that during the 90 day achievement detox, I got a call from a company that I had been courting for two years. And I had been working for two years to be offered a position that was very much a career making position. And I got the call during the 90 days saying, we're really happy to offer you this position. And my body was a no. And so what that feels like is that it's not a hell yes. Right? What, I, what I tell clients now is that if something is a hell yes, you feel that opening. You know, you, your body is on board. And anything that's not a hell yes has to be a hell no. It can't be a maybe. And so 
as much as I wanted to say yes, because it was a it was a hell yes on paper, I could just feel my body was a no. And I had to say no to something that was extremely lucrative. That was really, it would have been great for the reputation, but it served me so well to have such a hard lesson like that because one of the things that came in right on the back end was something that was much easier, much more joyful, maybe not as much money, maybe not as much of the significance, but something that just loaned itself to, to more flexibility and like hours and traveling and all of the things that really spoke to my inner kid and, and lit me up. When I work with executives and business owners now, they tend to be very successful. They've already reached a high level of success. And it's not even so much about balance as it is about one of the things that fuck them if they can't take a joke has allowed me to do is I can see where people are operating on an assumption that says, I have to follow this linear progression, right? I can't do this because I haven't done this. I can't make $10 million if I hadn't make, if I haven't already made $1 million or I can't move to the Caribbean now. And so what I do now is look for and see where those assumptions have been operating and go, okay, fucking if they can't take a joke, what would happen if we actually took that away? And the results are amazing for the people that really, really want to play the results are amazing because so often what we really want, that level 10 life, it's so much closer than we think it is. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's part of the problem, right? I think that people don't really get clear on what they want and they don't stop to ask themselves like what makes me truly happy what what makes Georgie come alive you know what makes Ashley feel like her whole body is opening up and thriving what what kind of like resistance do you get so like you know because I, I I think that there's a lot of excuses that people have you know like I had someone reach out to me the other day when I posted a picture of me on the beach you know doing a beach walk and someone said to me oh I'd love to live on the Gold Coast but you know I've got kids and I've got this and I've got that and I've got a job and I'm like so you know so so how do you go about like breaking that sort of that pattern and, and sort of getting through to people what's that process like? I, I, I just have to say, I, I love that you say that. You just say so, because I do the exact same thing. Yeah, yes, yeah. and, yes, yeah. and. I mean, the, the worst stories in the world are the ones that are true, but they're not empowering us to live the life we want. It's like, you got to do the who cares, so what? So one of the things that, that I say to clients a lot is that this is your sandbox, Right? You're an adult. This is your sandbox. You get to decide who plays in your sandbox with you. And testing the rules a little bit. Like what would happen if, so for example, when I was in the film industry and people, that you work, and it's an amazing life, but you're working all the time, all the time. And I decided that I wanted to work four days a week. Right? It wasn't, it wasn't something that, I ever thought, well, I'm not allowed to do that. It's like, no, well, that's, that's just what I need to do. 
And so there's a shift that happens when somebody gets a little bit of experience in a small area of their life that doesn't have a huge consequence, where they get to have that experience of pushing that boundary. Let's say that looks like going to work and taking your shoes off, right? Being barefoot while you're at your desk. For some people, that might be a huge thing if they're in their office. But when people have a little taste of, you can actually do a lot more of what you want that makes you happy. And they don't get in trouble or they don't lose love or maybe they get a little bit of pushback, but they're okay with it. Then from there, it's that it doesn't take a long time before you go from that one little step of being barefoot at your desk to being barefoot at a beach on a Tuesday at 11 a.m. Yeah, completely agree. And I, I love to get your thoughts on this because I really do think that like from what I've seen and working with a few people myself and a lot of, a lot of things that I hear, the underlying belief is that they're not good enough or they don't deserve it or you know, that there's, there's this, this, this disconnect with themselves and it's almost like they don't, they're so concerned with what other people think and they put everybody else's needs above their own that they just don't, they're just, oh, I can't do this, like I said, because of my children, because that, and I, I just, how important do you think loving yourself and becoming self-aware is to this whole process? Mm. You're, you are an amazing questioner. I love <laughs> these questions. And to answer that, I want to go back to the 90-day achievement detox, because one of the really big distinctions that came out of that was that if you identify as a achiever mm. or if you identify as a perfectionist or if you identify as a pleaser, in actual fact, all three of those are exactly the same. They're the same operating system. That was a massive revelation for me because before going into that achievement detox, if somebody had said to me, you're a pleaser, I would have said, oh, uh, no, I'm not. I am definitely not a pleaser. But what I realized in that is that when you are driven by the achiever operating system, all people that are really driven by the achiever, different than being a creator, right? Achiever is about you want to get something on the end, which is usually appro approval or love. Creator is you're creating in the moment from your own joy. So if people are achieving, they're doing it because eventually they want to get somebody's approval or their love. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I totally went off on a tangent <laughs> No, there. it's good, it's good. <laughs> uh, so where were we? So achieve the of perfectionist. What was the question? So how, yeah, so how important is it to like love and honor yourself, ah, you know, first and yeah. foremost? Yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you for that. That's, <laughs> what, that, that's what I mean in the beginning. No, it's I passion, I love these, it, it's on passion. These, <laughs> on these tangents. So the loving yourself, yes, it's, it's critical, but it's one of those things that I personally, I've never experienced. I've never had the experience of either myself or a client where you can just tell somebody you need to love yourself. Mm. Like it is, it is a, it is a process and part of it can be accelerated by also recognizing that it's an operating system. So just like your computer needs an upgrade, you go to sleep and it says, we're going to do a software update. And you say, fine, you wake up. The road to loving yourself can be a lot 
more easeful and a lot more organic without the trying when when you can recognize that, okay, this is something I'm running. This is a program that I'm running. And that program has had as its highest priority, like achieving, pleasing, perfectionism, meeting the needs of others. And if I, if I, if I put some distance between myself and the fact that that's actually just a system that I'm running and I can change to a different system, it can happen much faster where you, where you wake up with the experience of, oh, wow, look at that amazing flower. And, oh, wow, this water tastes so good today. And it's not even a conscious thing of I'm loving myself today. It's, it's, a, it's, it's something where you just go, life is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And you're part of it. Yeah. I think you just touched on something really important that I preach every day, and that's gratitude. You know, I, I, I always used to say things like, I'll be happy when. I hear that a lot. You know, I'll be happy when I move into this house or I'll be happy when I get this promotion, you know, and, and then when it came, like I said, I got no fulfillment. So in terms of like when you work with people, how important is that piece as well of just like loving every day and just like just being thankful for, for what we have? Oh, this is so good. <laughs> uh, so I've done many plant ceremonies. And one of the messages, one of the greatest learnings I got in one of those, in one of those sittings was I got a message and the message was, you don't need a reason to be happy. You can just be happy, right? Because so often we're saying, I'm so happy today because I got this great news or this and this and this. So that, that idea of that gratitude and bringing things to the present day is one of those things that can be really easy to do. You just have to condition it. But what's gorgeous about that as well and being in that, being in that gratitude is that from an achiever standpoint, it changes the focus to I'm doing this to get this thing at the end to every step of the journey is its own journey and its own destination. The whole thing is wholly self-contained So if the whole thing is wholly self-contained, then every step of the way has the capacity to be completely brilliant and fun. Yeah, completely agree. I'm just, I'm just sat here nodding at like, just like a nodding dog here because I'm with you 100%. So look, I'd like to really like give people now some real like steps. So let's just say I'm Georgie and I've listened to this podcast and I've identified, wow, I'm a perfectionist. Wow, I have been chasing all of these achievements and external factors. I need to go on a achievement detox. I I reach out to you, Ashley, and I want to really like, you know, overcome this, work through this. What are some steps that you could give the the listeners of like where to begin? Okay. (laughs) It's it's so funny because... So much has changed, you know, in two years, things change really quickly. But one of the most important, really, truly questions I believe that anybody can ask themselves is, what is wanting to emerge through me right now? What's, what's wanting to come through me? What's wanting to be co-created through me, right? That's really one of the first questions 
that for somebody who's very much in their mind, that can be a, that can be a little bit of a mind bender, but sitting quietly, even on the beach, you don't have to meditate, but just even just allowing that question to be there as you sit on the beach or walk barefoot through the grass, there will be an answer. It'll arise in some way, shape or form. And, and I would really start there. I truly believe that people's own spiritual guidance is so much wanting to come through and and even to shoot myself in the foot a little bit, I'm, I'm one of those coaches that actually doesn't believe in having clients indefinitely. I mean, I love to have clients indefinitely, but I also really believe that the journey of coaching is one where you are being more and more open to all of who you really are. And so after X amount of sessions, you go out into the world and you integrate that and then maybe you come back. In terms of a really specific uh, practice, this is one that a lot of people freak out about, which is why I love it so much. And that is for people that are loving to learn. So many of us, right? People listening to your podcast, it's because they love learning. So, so for so many of us, we've held on to all of our old notes from workshops, from courses, from classes. We hold on to old books that we haven't read, but they're really, really good. And we're going to get to them someday. We often have whiteboards that are full of ideas and every idea is brilliant, but we haven't had a chance to look at them yet. And one day we're going to get to them. The, a very radical, frightening, totally freeing and empowering thing to do is actually to throw out all your old notes, clean out your cupboards of all your old binders, your old seminar things, your old notes, wipe your whiteboard clean because by holding on to those old things. And firstly, I don't know anyone that's ever actually sat down and reread their class notes, which is what they think they're gonna do, right? One day I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna digitally put them in, I'm gonna hashtag them, and then they're gonna be in my references. That never happens. Because each day, life is happening. New ideas happen, new creation happens. And the more we hold on to the whiteboard of ideas that haven't been acted on, the books that haven't been read, the old course notes, we are clogging up space and we're basically saying, I don't trust that what's wanting to come through is more powerful, more exciting, more wonderful than the old stuff that I had. So radical step, great thing to do before a new year is to actually do the scary thing and, and throw out the old ideas that you don't need anymore. I had a meditation once and I was, I had an idea in the meditation and I thought, oh, I've got to write this down. This is really good. And then I had an override that said, why do you need to write it down? It's coming up from within you. So if it's something that's coming up from within you, you don't need to write it down. It's, it's there. Okay, so so now the achiever in me, and like you said, I, I'm feeling a little bit like, okay, I, I love a note. <laughs> I love a whiteboard. I love getting all my ideas out on paper. But one thing I am good at is I am also good at executing those ideas. So I, let, let's just say then like I the I have got an, I have I normally behind me I have like my goal board and like my three year vision and stuff. I just sort of look at every day and I'm now thinking I should just go and wipe it off and burn it. But um, it, what in terms of like okay this this piece then so where how important then do you think is vision? 
and and having goals like do you think that they are just completely like you know we should just not have goals and we should just constantly just be listening to our downloads every day and and just basically like should we get an idea and then execute it straight away and then get a new idea execute it straight away like what what's your thoughts on that because in my mind I'm like well I like to look at my goals and you're always told you know review your goals every day and you're saying completely the opposite and I think there's a lot of people that be going to probably feel a little bit like me right now I was like well where does vision come in then where does where do these goals come in so I love that question <laughs> yay okay so the wiping away of the whiteboard is more around ideas that you haven't executed okay right so I had a client that came in earlier in the year and 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 I said what do you really want to do and she said I want to take I want to take this side business to six figures. And there was something about the way she said it where her energy just dropped away. And I said, I'm curious, how long have you had that goal? And she said, about three years. And I, you could just see, like if she had really wanted that, it would have happened, it would have happened in her sleep. Mm -hmm. So it's more, it's more being, it's more being faithful to the energy that's coming in now. And if you haven't executed an idea that you've had for so many years and it's, it's not lighting you up, which my guess is that it wouldn't be lighting you up if you haven't done it, if you haven't taken any action on something, but it lit you up three years ago. It's more of that. I think vision is, is so important as long as it's a vision that actually elevates you, uplifts you, inspires you. Right. And also recognizing that visions change. And here's where here's where things can get difficult and can be can be sad in the moment because this can apply to relationships. It can apply to business visions is that sometimes you have a vision and it's it it is going to take a long time. Right. It's going to take let's just say it's going to take a year and it's you and your partner and you have a vision and you're working diligently towards that vision. And at some stage in the process, let's say you're both sitting down and you're going through the motions, and if you're really honest with yourself, some of the excitement just isn't there for you anymore. Mm. But you're still going ahead because you made a commitment or because you're telling yourself it's gonna be great, it's gonna be great when it's finished. But if you were to really, really check in with your body, your body's going, it's not a fit anymore. Mm. And so that's the part that I am so, so, so passionate that, that people give themselves permission to change their minds <laughs> whenever they like, when it's really coming from that wholehearted, this isn't a, this isn't a hell yes anymore that it's okay, it's really, really okay to then say, okay, mm-hmm. I, gotta, I gotta just, I gotta walk away from this. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to have goals as well, but I also really believe that the intention is more important than the outcome, mm-hmm. right? That if you have a goal to, let's say, lose 15 pounds and do a couch to 5K, that what's, but you have an intention of really respecting and honoring your body, That might end up looking like you don't get to the 5K, but you start hip hop dancing instead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that, the way you just framed that there, that was really, that was amazing. So you, 
it's not like you don't achieve your goals or your vision. It's just that that vision might not be the right vision if you're not feeling 100% energetically pulled to it anymore, but something else will come. And I think that's the key piece, right? It's because when we feel like we're not achieving we don't feel like we are enough and we feel like failures and, and feeling like a failure. And I read something um, in a in a book recently and I think it was Buddha and the, Bad, Bad, Buddha and the Badass by Vishen Lakhiani. Uh, but he says to me beautifully, he's like, there's no such thing as success and failure. They are both in the same bucket and you actually can't have success without failure. And I think that is such a key message that people need to learn. And if your your heart's not in something or your body's not in something, you're not gonna you're not gonna get there because you're gonna almost like block it. And I think that from my own experience, when I've been pushing and pushing and trying to achieve and working long hours, things haven't happened for me. But when I've just kind of surrendered and just got just just trusted that everything's just happening at the right time and the right in the right way as it's supposed to like like just things have started to show up like opportunities doors have opened people have come into my life at the right times and you know like the business insider piece like that just sort of like I was like wow where did that come from and it was just because I kind of just started to surrender and not like be be forcing things and I think there's a lot of people who are busy for busy sake and they don't pause to really yeah maybe audit their life and get clear on does this vision does this goal still make sense to me or is it just this this thing that I'm telling myself I want when actually it's not Um, yeah so I I think and and I, I can speak from that because it's from my own experience you know and I think that a lot of the time when we have visions and goals they're all they're often tied to financial as well and I actually started in the new year thinking about, okay, well, who do I want to be? And what kind of friendships do I want? What kind of relationships do I want? Having like, not goals, but intentions around those things. Because at the end of our lives, I don't think we look back and go, oh, I wish I made one more sales call, or I wish I did this, or I wish I had an extra million dollars in the bank. We look back and we go, I remember that time I was sat on that beach with my friends and we were just having the time of our lives. So I remember that holiday I had, or I remember that beautiful podcast I had with Ashley Good and we had such a beautiful conversation. They're the moments, right? And yeah. I think if we get lost in achievement and he's constant f- focusing on the outcome of the goal, you said it's a beautiful area. It's like we, we don't enjoy the journey. We don't enjoy the process. And yeah, uh, yeah everything you've just said, this this the last sort of 30 minutes have just resonated so deep with me. I think... Oh. <clears throat> my audience will as well so look I could sit here and talk to you all day Ashley but I love I ask this question a lot and I'd love to get your take on it what what does success look like to you oh Georgie goodness um success I noticed that my mind is still like three minutes ago because there's something I really want to say about what you oh, said. Oh, yeah, can, please can do. I? Okay, Absolutely. Cool. All right, cool. Because one of the one of the other big distinctions, aha moments, and stay, it's still taking me two years to, to implement this change, but as an achiever, anyone who's an achiever, one of, the, one of the characteristics of an achiever is that we have the ability to solve problems, Right. So being able to solve problems is part of the identity. And so there's this thing about, I have to figure it out, right? I'll just figure it out, right? We have a goal. Now I just have to figure out how to get there. And one of the things I've realized in the past two years is that it's the figure outer. 
The figure outer is actually the one in us that often blocks the path to get to what we want. So back to the goal vision is that you get this goal, have this intention, what's my tribe going to look like? What are my relationships going to look like? How's it going to feel? Da, 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 da. Then part of the magic is letting go of the figure outer, mm. letting go of the, how do I solve this problem? Right? Because achievers will often create a problem just to solve it subconsciously mm. in order to validate their identity. So that's part of why the process sometimes feels like it can take a long time, but then sometimes you can feel like you have a quantum shift, you know, like as you say, people call it surrender, or you can say, if you let go of the figure outer, a lot of those problems or obstacles along the way from point A to point B, they simply disappear because you're actually the one that created them. I know it's like a Oh my God, you've just absolutely blown my mind. <laughs> I'm just sat here now thinking, yeah, I think I've done that quite a lot in my life. Uh, definitely, like, because I do, I love, give me a problem. I love solving it. I'll solve everyone's problems. And I, yeah, I probably definitely come up with some problems just to sort of feel, again, like I'm achieving, again, that I'm like, you know, feeling successful because I'm just like coming up against these obstacles and I'm just proving myself that I can smash through them. That's so powerful wow and and just going back to the surrender as well because one thing that I have um started doing recently as well in my meditations just sort of like repeating this mantra of I'm exactly where I need to be I'm exactly where I need to be and that's been so so powerful and um I think just living with like certainty as well that everything is going to come like there's no need to block it there's no need to rush there's no need to you know force anything just just let it be just you know like you said like in fact I did this yesterday I went to the beach and it was a Tuesday and yes granted it was a bank holiday in Melbourne but it wasn't a bank holiday in Queensland and old Georgie two years ago would have gone right an opportunity to get ahead an opportunity to get an extra day of work and I said to my husband Kai I said nope we're going to the beach, I'm gonna relax, I'm gonna take a book and I'm just gonna do absolutely nothing. And old me would have gone, Georgina, this is your opportunity to get ahead. This is your opportunity to out hustle and out, you know, outdo people. So I am learning. And I think that it's just, yeah, what you said is such a powerful message for everybody to really digest. But yeah, that's just blown my mind what you just said. So going back onto the, the success, success question. Yeah, what, how yeah. do you define it? So success now, now that we've just had that little yeah. segue, success <laughs> now looks like being partners with the universe. Mm. Success looks like, yeah, and the mindful piece and the business inside of it, like that's really cool. And I thought that was super fun too. But I'm all about what's juicy, like what's really juicy and delicious. And, and so for me, I think a lot about community and tribe and friendships and relationships, like what you were just saying. Or like there's this really cool idea of a sanctuary that I have in a house. But I notice that the moment I go into, okay, how can I figure out how to get that happening? I notice instantly that there's almost an, like an instant fatigue that comes in. So, so I feel really successful when I get into that and I have that beautiful, elevated, inspired, yeah, this is going to be amazing. And then I say to my partner, the universe, okay, over to you. <laughs> yeah. And just let it be. That's let it be. 
Yeah, that's absolutely, what a way to finish. It, look, Ashley, I've, like I said, I could sit here all day and speak to you. So for those that are listening to this now and they want to reach out, they want to go on an achievement detox, where can they find you? Where should they go? My website is a great place, ashleygood.com or Facebook, actually. Facebook is probably, I mean, social media, not that I love that, but uh, that's at Coach Ashley Good. So either of those, Coach Ashley Good is my handle on Instagram and Facebook, and then ashleygood.com is my website. And any of those places, I will check when I'm not on the beach or hanging out in the <laughs> hanging out in the bush. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, look, I honestly think that you've just shared so much wisdom today. So I really, really thank you for that. And. Uh, I might be tapping you up for some uh, achievement detox uh, in, in the next few months for sure. But honestly, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you, Georgie. It's been so much fun. I'm truly grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind to Lead podcast. I really hope you got some great takeaways and key learnings from this episode. To help us spread the message, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We love reading your thoughts and your insights and your learnings. And look, reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Georgie Hubbard. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Georgie L. Hubbard. Let's connect. I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to speaking to you all again soon. Thank you.